There are two important moments that surround the death of Jesus in Mark's gospel. Two important moments, the, the covering of darkness and the tearing of the veil. And in the covering of darkness, Jesus breathed his last. Mark says, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Now, it was dark because Jesus died. It was dark because God abandoned. God the Father abandoned his only begotten Son. And it was dark, not figuratively, but it was dark literally. Darkness surrounded the whole earth, not only Jerusalem, but the whole earth, the text says, from Jerusalem to Samaria and beyond, covered in blackness. Why? Why darkness? Because that's where the gospel of Jesus Christ shines brightest. In the beginning, God made heaven and earth. And in the beginning, God spoke to the darkness. And he said, let there be light. And the world was covered in the grace, the common grace of God's sunlight upon the earth where there's warmth, where there's joy. But no sooner did God create the light, did man turn to darkness. Turn the world into darkness. Turn the world back to darkness. And now the blackness of our hearts consumes and destroys everything that is good. You see, God created and brought forth light. Man creates darkness. Everything wrong in this world, everything wrong in this world is because of sin, because of my sin, because of your sin, because of our sins. And that's why this scene was dark a physical manifestation of evil. And that evil sent Christ to the cross. And so the Son of God died for our sins. Verse 34, in the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is the opening of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We just sung the psalm. Psalm 22 is a psalm of the cross. And Psalm 22 is a psalm of abandonment. Why abandonment? Why did God the Father abandon his son? Because of sin. And not his own sin. He was sinless, the Holy One of God. Because of my sin. Your sin. And the darkness of our sins consumed him as he died a sinner in our place. It was darkness because Christ, the Son of God, creator of heaven and earth, the Holy One of God, the true and righteous man, took our sins, 
took the sins and became a curse, became a curse to die in our place, bore the sins of many and died in our place. And so he was forsaken by God. In verse 35, some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he's calling Elijah. They thought when he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, they, they thought he was calling Elijah. And it was popular belief in the day of Jesus that Elijah, and we all remember Elijah, Elijah's one of those characters in the Bible that escaped death, right? Elijah got to go to heaven without dying, right? That's what we all want. <laughs> Every generation says, I hope my generation is the one, you know, where Christ returns before death so I don't have to feel the sting of death. That was Elijah, Elijah escaped death, went to heaven straight, and it was popular belief in Jesus' day that he would return in the same way he left and that he would rescue God's people, that he might go and rescue the righteous. And so the people are saying, maybe Elijah will come and return. Maybe Jesus is righteous. Maybe he will be delivered. And they wanted to extend his life, so someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and, and gave it to him to drink, saying, let's wait. Let's wait and see. See, if Elijah, they want to extend his life. Maybe Elijah will come. Because the people surrounding Jesus' death wanted to see a miracle. And why do they want to see a miracle? Because no one wants to see, and no one wants a dying, dead Savior. But Jesus came to die. And verse 37 says, And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And that moment, dear friends, was the darkest moment in human history. God in flesh died. He who dwelt in glory gave up the glory in the face of darkness. Yet in the blackness of it all, right when all that looks good, all that looked good and holy and right in the world looked defeated, Christ dies, right when it looks like defeat, the darkest moment in history ever, the death of Christ, right then and there, there's light. Verse 39, or excuse me, verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain in the temple. The curtain in the temple is the veil in the temple that separated the most holy place from the rest of the world. The curtain that separated God's presence from the world was torn in two, rent asunder. the curtain that separated God from everyone. At the moment of Christ's death and the world filled with darkness, dead and sins, the light of life broke out into the world. The death of Christ was the death of death. And now we have light. We now have access to God. You see, the death of Christ opened the way to our Heavenly Father. And we can now be sure that our death is not, our death is only a dying to sin. Our death is only a dying to sin and entering eternal life. The death of Christ changes history. It's all about change. 
And that's what we see next in the verse, verse 39. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he had breathed his last said, truly this man was the son of God. Here's an executioner. This executioner saw thousands of people die. He witnessed many a death, most of them by his own hand. But this death, there was something about the way that Jesus died that changed this man. There was something revelatory in the cross of Christ. There was something revelatory in Jesus' suffering that changed this man. And he is the only one in Mark's gospel that confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. It's faith. You see, the cross pulled him out of the darkness. The cross pulled this executioner out of his sin. It has pulled him out of death. And has given him away to God. And he took it. And that way to God comes by faith alone. And he believed. And with his mouth, he confessed. And he was saved. You see, the cross saves. And the cross still saves, dear Christian, dear sinner. So I'm going to ask you an important question, and it's the Good Friday question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And do you believe that he came to die for your sins and to deliver you to eternal life? And if you do, if you believe, you were saved that moment Jesus breathed his last breath. You see, you're not saved because of your faith. You're not saved because of your good works. You know who you are in this gospel narrative, in the story of Jesus' death? We are the people saying, crucify him. Crucify him. But like the executioner, we can believe and have eternal life and be like this executioner, escape death and have life eternal. So if you believe it, your death will only be a death to sin. We're all going to die at a point for man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. But if you believe in your Christ, your death is only a dying to sin. And that's how the Christian should look at death. When our brothers and sisters go in to, the, to the Lord, <laughs> we look at death, and you should look at death as that brother and sister has just simply died to sin and has entered eternal life. It's a wonderful exchange. Martin Luther called it the great exchange. Christ died in our place that we might live. It's a wonderful exchange. Believe it. But know, dear friend, that the darkness doesn't go away simply because you believe. You're going to struggle with sin your whole life long. You're going to struggle sin's effects your whole life long. This world is still very dark. 
get in the darkness. The light of the gospel in Christ's church signs brightest. You see, friends, Christian, those of you who believe, you need the church. The church comes out of Christ's side in the sleep of his death. The church comes out of Christ's side in the sleep of his death, and out of his side we might now live side by side, one another, caring for one another. You see, the cross also teaches us that we will have to bear our own cross. But the cross also teaches us that we don't need to bear it alone. We have one another. We have the church. We must be together, this church, together for Christ, together in Christ, together forever in the name of Christ, all because Christ died and the veil was torn in pieces. Amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.